there and welcome to Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. I'm Richard Byram and joining me on the line again this week is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter, as you'll know, is the Chief Rugby League Writer for the Yorkshire Evening Post and he also contributes match reports and other news to our sister paper, the Yorkshire Post. This is the second edition of our new series and it's fair to say after last weekend, Peter, there's a fair bit to talk about. Yeah, it was a lively start in uh, Betfred Super League, wasn't it? it was. Not so good. Not so good for um, for our three teams who all lost. Um, Cass against Salford on Friday night. I think it's going to take Cass a while to gel with the new players and under the new coach Lee Radford. Um, it was a poor performance, but I have to say I was surprised by Salford. I thought they played very well. They've got some outstanding backs. At, um, at the Red Devils and if they can keep them all fit and the forwards get on top I think they've, they've maybe got a few issues in the pack but I think um, they could surprise a few people this season they certainly surprised Castleford who looked rather flat nothing ever really quite worked out for them and they've got a big game on Thursday away to Warrington which of course is Daryl Powell's new club that um, he spent Eight years at, uh, at Cass. Now he's at Warrington. His second match in charge is against his old club. So there'll be a lot of emotion involved in that. I think both teams will need to just put that to one side. But Cass will need a, a big improvement, I think, on what they showed last week. I thought Leeds were very good against Warrington. Um, in difficult circumstances, the words ascending off, as we all know, were simbering and they lost two key players, Richard Myler and David Fussitua, to injury all in the first half. So things were stacked against them. But they were the better team overall. They dug very deep and were within seven minutes of, of getting what would have been a deserved victory. Um, I think they can take a lot of positives out of that going into Friday's game at Wigan. However, obviously, they're going to be down a few players, which isn't ideal for a, a tough game like that. And Wigan will certainly be fired up, having been nilled in the last two home games against Leeds. And Wakey, again, disappointing start, narrow defeat in tough conditions to Hull, um, who had Jake Connor sent off. Um, there wasn't much in it, 16-12. But I think, Wakefield will will probably feel that that's an, an opportunity um, gone missing and they've got a tough game this week away to Catalans but Catalans weren't particularly impressive against Saints in their round one match they got a couple of players who picked up we think suspensions I say we think because as we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon and the disciplinary hearing is this evening um, but they've got a couple of players who are facing bands, which won't help them. But um, I think Warren Wakey, uh, sorry, will just concentrate on their own performance. If they can get the sort of performance they were producing at the end of last season, then they'll feel that they might be able to pull off a shock. It's probably a good time to be playing Catalans early in the season, away from home. But it, that's going to be a tough task for them as well, I think. Yes, anyone following our tipping last week wouldn't have been a rich person unless they'd done three aways, of course, and ignored our tips. <laughs> but uh, as you say, early days, I saw the highlights of the Cass-Salford game. and As you say, Salford scored a couple of really nice kind of length of the field tries, didn't they? They got, 
some useful backs there and obviously Mark Sneed as well any I think he kicked seven out of seven so any sort of indiscipline at all from the halfway line uh, in he's almost certain to kick them two points there and again that proves so invaluable when you turn a try from four into six and just keep the scoreboard ticking over with the odd penalty as well and as you say uh, it's big changes that cast new players coming in new coach things have been done in a certain way for a long time now haven't they and it'll take a while for Lee to stamp his authority and his ideas on the squad and that will come in the weeks ahead and I think I agree with you there that uh, Warrington will probably have too much for Cass on Thursday night. I think it's probably a bit too early in the season for Cass to be hoping to beat the Warrington side, which again, getting used to Daryl's ways, but seem to have a, a more settled team, shall we say. He, he's kind of inherited a squad and a lot of those players have stayed, haven't they? Um, from a Leeds point of view, <clears throat> excuse me, again, I saw a bit of the coverage on Channel 4, which impressed me and uh, also the highlights again of the various tries and incidents um, which we'll come back to in a minute a couple of questions to ask you on that but I uh, thought Leeds were unlucky I think as you say the, the jury seemed to say that Leeds were the better side but uh, everything just caught up with them in the end playing with a man down for so long and injuries to two key players there and again as you say it'd be a tough tough game at Wigan on Friday night uh, with them with home advantage and they had a good win at Hull KR didn't they on Friday night they uh, you know Hull KR probably going into that game feeling very confident after the way they performed last season but uh, I did see all of that game and uh, Wigan were never really in any danger against them uh, and my own team Wakey again I saw uh, the tries from that game and also listened to some of it on the radio and it, and it was disappointing I say certainly with my fans head on I think it was a a chance gone, especially when Hull went down to 12 men and the wakey crowd behind them, you would have fancied them to maybe get up and, and win that one. And it was disappointing that they didn't. And they just didn't seem to be able to, to finish all off. And, and fair play to Hull, you know, they dug deep and covered for each other, despite being a man less and held on for the win. But I, I do think certainly that was a missed opportunity for wakey. And uh, cannot, as you pointed out earlier, only get harder against Catalan. Yeah, they did have a bad performance themselves at Saints on the opening day, but you would fancy them at home against Wakey, I think, this weekend. Um, but uh, a very interesting and, and lively start, and the Channel 4 coverage in particular seemed to get a lot of plaudits on Twitter and social media and, and in the press, and from what I've seen of their viewing figures as well, it was obviously uh, well received by... Uh, the viewing audience, uh, which I think it's out peaked at about three quarters of a million, which uh, was superb for a Saturday lunchtime, really. Uh, you know, and and hopefully a sign of things to come. You know that if people can get used to that, what's tuning in in that time at that slot, um, it, it's ideal, really, and it doesn't really impinge on other sports which are taking place on the day. Um, you know, they've got chance to go off and do other things or watch other games as well. So. Um, more power to Channel 4 you know let's hope that it's the start of a long and successful partnership yeah let's hope so I don't see why not uh, I think they'll be very pleased with the, the viewing figures they got like you say that I didn't see the coverage because I was at the game but um, it certainly seems to have come over 
very well. There's a lot of goodwill towards them, though this being rugby league, give it two or three weeks, and no doubt <laughs> people will be um, people will be slagging them off and saying that they're they're um, they're not doing the job properly. But um, it was it was good. It was slick. It felt something a little bit different, um, and it can only be good good for the sport. The more TV coverage. Um, rugby league gets the better it'll help bring in more sponsorship and more money to the uh, to the code I, th- I think I read somewhere that it was the most watched Super League game um, in the regular rounds on, on TV so that's a terrific start obviously there might have been a little bit of novelty value there we'll have to see if um, if the, the good figures continue this week they've got another game on Saturday at the same time um, half 12 when Paul play uh, St Helens but I don't see any reason why they can't really go from strength to strength build on what they did last week um, and it's certainly an opportunity to to promote rugby league to a new audience which has to be taken with both hands I um, I think I think they would have been pretty pleased with what was on show last Saturday on the pitch there was it was a game that, that had a lot going on, as we've mentioned, uh, a couple of Simbinnings are sending off, um, some good tries, some desperate defence, uh, a really tense, exciting finish. Now, you can't really ask for, for much more than that, yeah, so I think all round everybody will be, uh, be really pleased with the way it went. Yeah, certainly I'd echo all that. Um, you know, you couldn't have really scripted it better, could you? The game was in the balance right till the end, one side playing with a man down and uh, you know, another uh, yellow card for Ali Holmes, wasn't there? And lots of adversity and not the best conditions. And, you know, two famous old names as well, uh, going at it hammer and tongs for the full 80. Uh, so there was, there was plenty of plots and subplots, wasn't there? And again, this weekend, Hull and Saints, uh, both coming off the back of a win. Saints, obviously, triple grand final winners. So there's again there's plenty to to draw the interest of the neutral or maybe somebody who hasn't watched the game for a while because it's on Sky and can no longer get out to games, you know those are the sort of people as well that you know hopefully be welcomed back, and as you say the increased profile and viewing figures can only help the sport itself when it's negotiating contracts with sponsors and TV companies, but also the TV company itself you know they'd be willing to play more and maybe move it to a more higher-profile spot, even if it turns out that this initial 10 games goes as well as the first one did. And as we touched on there, just chatting about the games, uh, quite a few incidents involving red and yellow cards. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, the James Bentley incident, we're speaking now, and that one goes through to the disciplinary for an appeal tonight, doesn't it? So we can't really say much more than that. Uh, but certainly some of the other ones, I uh, don't think there was much argument about the red at Cata- the Catalans um, suffered Dylan Nappers. I think that was a probably a sending off in any era, wasn't it? I mean, there was no real attempt to play the ball, in my opinion, and he just went to, to take him out and was punished correctly. Um, and... Bentley's obviously again, <coughs> excuse me, but I feel that, I don't know how you feel, do you think in some occasions during those games that people were perhaps, 
yeah, look, I, I know at one time we used to complain that incidents went a lot on the report. Um, was well, there as much of that this time, or do you think that... The... I've, I've actually done a comment about this for um, for Thursday's paper, but it it's going to become more common because the RFL need to, to protect the players and clamp down on on anything that might be construed as a, a late challenge or a, a high shot. Yeah. Um, players are talking about, past players are talking about taking legal action against the sport over um, health issues later in life. And the, the code just can't afford not to be seen um, taking decisive action. That's what they're doing. As long as it's applied fairly, then people can't have too much too much complaint really as long as it's applied fairly and consistently um at the moment obviously there are a lot of suspensions you'd, you'd think that as the message gets across that number will get reduced uh, unfortunately i think some games are going to be spoiled this year but that's just the way it's going to have to be the players safety has and welfare and health has to be put first and that's what um that's what the rfl are doing it's something we'll have to judge in a few few weeks time i think really people aren't are getting banned for for incidents that probably in, in normal circumstances wouldn't warrant a ban but as long as it's applied consistently then um i think everybody will will have to just um accept it and, and get on with it and let's hope that um it reduces the number of head injuries and um impacts of that kind in the game i mean the Ironically, on um, Saturday, the one Leeds player, I think Daryl Clark, got um, got a concussion for Warrington that's ruled him out this week, I believe. But um, Leeds also lost their debutant winger, David Fussy, to a, over a, a challenge which wasn't picked up at the time and hasn't resulted in a ban. Um, but it's a tough job for the match review panel and the disciplinary I, I don't think they get it right all the time. Um, I think the system, as we've said many times, needs looking at. But um, it is what it is. At the moment, people are just going to have to abide by the system and, and expect that a lot of games aren't going to finish 13 aside. This year, it's unfortunate, but um, the, the sport really has to be doing something about, um, about heading head injuries and, and impacts uh, uh, impacts to the head and, and they, they are doing that and they have to be applauded for that, I think. Yeah, certainly. Jake Connor for Hull uh, against Wakefield, the most obvious one in my point of view, was the one I couldn't bring to mind when I was discussing red cards before. He was the third player who was sent off over the weekend. Um, and again, he, he, there did seem to be a bit of surprise from the players regard, regarding that one. But again, these are new rules and it seems to be applied, you know, with a real firm, firm fist at the moment, doesn't it? You know, that uh, everybody everybody is being sort of punished for the slight, you know, a couple of the I saw, shall we say, maybe another year or another season would have been given maybe yellow card or put on report, but, you know, just straight red or maybe somebody who was spoken to, it might have been spoken to in the past, received an immediate yellow this time. And I, as we said last week, I have no problem with that at all. You know, something needs to be done regarding some of the impacts and some of the foul play. 
And if it means that for a few weeks or a few months, the game as a whole suffers for its greater good in the longer term, then so be it. Um, I know Willie Poaching commented, I think, earlier in the week, didn't he, saying that uh, had to strike a bit of a balance between uh, protecting the players and not ruining the spectacle. But I think until, you know, probably for a few weeks, there will be complaints from both sides until things hopefully start to level out. Maybe as the conditions improve as well, uh, players might not go flying in as hard or, you know, be falling in the tackle and, you know, getting caught high when maybe they, they wouldn't have been. Um, but uh, I say something will probably keep coming back to as the season goes on. Um, Suddenly, I think we, I think we probably will, but I do think it will be, it will probably calm down a little bit this yeah. this season. Um, and coaches, coaches will will get the message across. They know they're not going to win as many matches if they're down to 12, 11 players all the time, and, and that message will will get across. Unfortunately, you know, accidents happen. It's it's a contact sport, and you are going to get. Um, contacts to the head with the rules as they are at the moment however much everyone tries to clamp down it's just it's just unavoidable it's a case of trying to reduce it as much as possible um, I think just while um, we're looking back at last weekend I'd like to mention Hunslet Club Parkside who are through to the next round which is the fourth round of the uh, Bedford Challenge Cup they produced what I think people would consider to be an upset, um, winning away at London Scholars and not just scraping through. They won 28-6 at the League One side. I think these are tough days for rugby league in London at the moment with um, London Broncos joint bottom of the championship and Scholars getting beaten by a community club in the Challenge Cup. But a terrific result for Hunslet Club Parkside who are a very strong outfit um, they they give a lot of League One clubs a game, and were too good for um, for London scores. And they've got um, a nice tie in the next round at home to Sheffield Eagles. So that'll be a big day for um, for Parkside, and, and congratulations to them. And also well done to Hunslet, who managed to negotiate a tricky tie against Siddle, who were um, rivals of Parkside in the national conference. Um, Siddle actually had a player sent off in the first half which probably helped Hunslet's cause a little bit Hunslet were too good they'd have won it anyway but it made it an even tougher task for Siddle but um, good performance from John Panga who uh, scored four tries which yes, takes some doing yeah. at any level um, that's three games Hunslet played this year two in the Challenge Cup and one against Leeds um, Academy Stroke Reserves in the Harry Jepson Trophy and uh, they've only conceded one try in each of them and scored at least 30 points in all of them. So, uh, Hunslet going well at the moment. It's another month before their season starts in the league. But um, some good signs from Alan Kulshaw's very young, inexperienced team. But they've got some, some good players at Hunslet. A, a lot of young lads who have just come out of academy systems and have a point to prove. And I think Hunslet will um, play some good rugby and, and hopefully have a decent season. Oh, and one last thing on last week, well done to Dewsbury Rams as well. Um, they had someone sent off um, in a, a tough game at home to Sheffield, but managed to uh, to get over the line for their first win of the season. 
um, narrowly, and I'm pleased for Lee Greenwood. It's obviously tough for um, Dewsbury, who don't have the resources of some clubs in the Championship, but a, a 12-10 win over Sheffield will do them um, a power of good. So congratulations to them as well. Yeah, I was doing the uh, Rugby League Roundup for the Yorkshire Post on Sunday, and as well as those results that caught your eye. Um, Dewsbury in particular stood out for me because I think Sheffield had beaten Bradford the week before, hadn't they? So I don't think anybody would have given Dewsbury much of a pair given their start to the season. So I thought that was a superb win. And although they're not from round here, the Royal Navy uh, getting through to the fourth round, I think they beat York, Acorn and uh, set up again with Batley at Mount Pleasant. So that was a, an eye catcher as well. People talk about spreading the word and spreading the game and... It's obviously strong in, in the naval ranks at the moment. Not sure where all yeah, the players come from, but it's certainly one to... I think it said the first time uh, they'd ever got that far. Uh, so, you know, hats off to them or royal salutes or whatever the Navy do. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's a shame it's the Navy, not the Army, really, because I was talking to Craig Lingard earlier today about the state of the pitch up battle, and apparently it's it's ankle deep in mud so you know you might need to borrow a tank or something to get up that hill that mountain it's um it the if you can see if you can look up any pictures from batley's game against york at the weekend which york won 10-4 um have a look at them it's just like a throwback to to 1950s yeah. Or 60s the league you can't tell which teams which both both sets of players absolutely caked in <laughs> In mud, and the um, the weather forecast not getting any better. And Batley have two more successive home games coming up, so that'll be a, that'll be a laugh for the Batley um, the Batley groundsman. Um, so but, it's a strange one because I was chatting to a friend who was a, fa- a rugby fan last week, and we were saying, although in your mind you think it's been a fairly mild winter uh, in terms of probably not much ice and snow, but there's obviously been a, a lot of rain and. Uh, I noticed the the Featherston game the other week was it when they played Lee and that was another one where it was like back to the sixties. <laughs> you couldn't make out which team was which by the end, and you know everybody absolutely caked in mud. And it it is even uh, Wakey's sort of bowling green pitch on Sunday at Bellevue. Uh, you know that really cut up um, against Hull, and and you kind of know that the weather must have been bad if the Wakey pitch is cutting up because I think. In fairness, that's probably one of the best, you know, in, in the competition, isn't it? The famous Bellevue pitch. And it, mm. as you say, there's been some real mud fests already. And as I say, in my mind, I don't think it's been too bad a winter, but it, it obviously has. The water obviously isn't going anywhere. And that's creating these really tight games like the one at Batley on Sunday. Uh, so it'd be, be interesting to see in the coming weeks. It might throw up a few more shocks. It might do. I'm. I'm not sure it's a good thing, personally. I'd, I'd, I think if you're going to have a summer season, we'd be better off starting when League One is starting in March, as um, as was the case last year when the conditions are better. It's nicer to play and it's nicer to watch rugby in those conditions. But um, you just can't do that at the moment with the number of fixtures have to be crammed in, particularly in the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Brad. I don't think images like that are, are particularly good for the game and um, I don't really encourage spectators to get out and um, and watch. You, know, you say Wakefield's pitch is, is a really good surface so 
um, it, it shows how wet it has been. I remember yeah. doing a game, I think it was Wake against Hull a few years ago when they were Sheffield ground sharing there and Wakey, Wakey played first and then Sheffield played to lose um, afterwards, which was quite strange. It was an absolute mud bath in the first game. You can imagine what it was like for the second. I remember one of um, Sheffield's um, players from the South, South Sea Islands came into the, the press box which is behind glass at Wakefield to try and get warm and he was sat at the other end and I could hear his teeth chattering poor, poor fella um, it was just horrible it's it's not really conducive no. to to open entertaining rugby I mean the pictures let's say the pictures from from Bali are quite funny but I'm, I don't know if I'd want to to watch or play um, rugby in conditions like that No I think maybe as you say, it could be something that's looked at once the, the World Cup's out of the way. Maybe next year they could uh, start a bit later and push things later into the autumn uh, where things don't seem quite as bad, maybe towards the end of October. Maybe have a March to the end of October season. As you say, it's, it's, it's defying the trade's descriptions a bit, isn't it, to claim that it's summer rugby in February, playing in conditions that they used to play in 50 or 60 years ago. Uh, but that's as it is for now, and as you say, it throws up some nice images. And from a sub-editing point of view, of course, teams like the Royal Navy always give me a few good puns to go at too. So best of luck to them in the next round. And I think on that point, Peter, uh, call it a draw for this week. Um, thanks very much to everyone for listening. Thanks to you for your comments and insight as usual. Good luck to our three teams this weekend. Uh, sure to be another action-packed weekend another round of games on channel 4 and sky there's plenty for everyone to see as well as actually getting out there and seeing the game live so we'll call it there and we'll be back soon i'll be more